The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Today, we're going to talk about lifting others up as leaders. Now, when we talk about lifting others up, sometimes it may sound like a great idea, but we may not know exactly how to do that. My guest today has created a framework on how we can do that effectively as leaders. My guest today is an amazing gentleman who has appeared all over print media, social media, and regular traditional media. Most recently on Dr. Oz's show with Barbara Corcoran, my guest today is Robert Glazier. Robert is a founder, author, speaker, and expert in elevating performance in both business and life. He is passionate about helping individuals and organizations build their capacity to outperform. He is the author of the inspirational newsletter, Friday Forward, author of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller, Elevate, and the international bestselling book, Performance Partnerships. He's a sought-after speaker by companies and organizations around the world, and he has a podcast of his own, The Elevate Podcast. And today we'll talk about his forthcoming book, Friday Forward. Robert, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Thanks for having me, Eddie. You, you reminded me I got to start giving people the short bio so <laughs> they don't have to suffer through it. <laughs> well, you were so impressive as I looked at it. Usually I cut things out, but I was like, I don't know if to cut here. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, you and I have met because of our affiliation with the amazing Marshall Goldsmith and uh, being uh, selected as one of his 100 coaches. And you're someone who I've just been waiting to talk to in more detail for a long time now. I'm very impressed with what you're doing. And I, along with 100,000 other people in 60 countries on six continents, receive your newsletter every Friday. It's called Friday Forward. So tell us, for those who are not on the list yet, and who should get on the list, by the way, what is Friday Forward? 
Yeah, and thank you for for reading that. It keeps the pressure on me to come up with something compelling to write each week. (laughs) But Friday Forward was sort of an outpost for me of having gone through a pretty intensive leadership program about uh, six or seven years ago and really wanted to change my morning routine and, and a lot of advice around sort of taking some quiet time to think and to read and to write and to read things that were positive. And, and during this program, we were given some things to read. I would sort of put them in the rainbow and unicorny bucket and it wasn't really my sort of uh, motivation. And so I actually decided I combined the two things and, and I started just writing this note to my team on Fridays. I think it was called Friday Inspiration at the time. Something about a, a quote, some quotes and some stories I had. It was about improvement. It was about getting better. It really wasn't tied to our business at all. And it started to make its way outside our organization um, because I would hear back from, I didn't hear anything for a while. And then I hear back from people and they'd say, you know, I really like this or I went and I did this or my husband shared this with his company. And so at some point I decided to try to open it up and throw some other people on it. And a couple couple of people wrote articles and it just, I just opened it up and it started to grow. And yeah, it's crazy. Every time I send that on a Friday now and I watch the little pins on all the countries that have been opening it, it's still a little foreign to me. So for something that started off intended for a small audience, I mean, it just took off. What was the secret? <laughs> the, the, I think the secret, and I've told this to a lot of people, is just not having an agenda and, and creating value. I think a lot of people start something with a goal in mind. I really didn't have a goal. So so many times that I thought about stopping it, why am I doing this? Um, but I just, it was really about how could I provide value first to my team and and then to other people and just some compelling thought and and conversation. And and I just, I get a lot of emails from people saying, I delete every newsletter I read. I don't, but I I read yours. And, you know, I've had a ton of people want to sponsor or make it about something. And I just, I've kept it pure to the topic. And I, I think that's what's kept the organic reach out there. Um, There are a lot of leaders on the list and they share it in their organizations. And then um, it, I tend, sometimes it makes its way then to an employee and then back out to a family. So it goes through a bunch of different pathways. So in other words, you're telling me that there was no secret. It was <laughs> you making compelling content and it organically catching fire. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the key sometimes to a successful blog and maybe a podcast is, is just duration and and going at it with quality and and you know past the point when most people quit and i think that that hockey stick or that compounding effect usually comes in you know over over time when you've put uh, maybe it's just karma when you put enough quality out there eventually you start to get that back but there was no there were a couple sort of you know candle lighting moments someone wrote an ink article this is the only news letter i ever read early on who had seen me speak at a conference and it gotten on the list. And yeah, a couple thousand people signed up uh, that week. Um, but no, it wasn't. Otherwise, it's kind of just been a, a slow and steady uh, increase. That is so impressive. And I love what you said there about duration and quality. So it's not just you're putting out quality content, but you're in it for the long haul. You've been doing it long enough. And so you've created a voice and you have a tremendous following. 
And I also like something else you said. You said you started with no goal in mind. Now, <laughs> the trainer in me who teaches instructional design to individuals in the learning and talent development space always quotes Stephen Covey, I believe, who says, start with the end in mind. And you yeah. said, hey, I didn't have the end in mind. I just started off doing what I needed to do. I did it right. And here we are. Yeah, you know, I would normally give other people or myself that advice, but but I think there's an exception to that. And I, I'm a big believer, and this comes from spiritual capacity and being able to know and articulate your core values. And and the Friday Forward pretty much goes across all of my personal core values. And so when I was thinking about, or my marketing team was like, why are you spending time on this? And can you put our company name on it? And it, I just was like, this just feels easy and like something I should do. So I, I don't think you ever make a, a bad decision when you do something that's really aligned with your values. Now, it's interesting you say that and you jump right into the spiritual realm when you said that. Yeah. And in some corners, when you say that, people cringe. I know. I cringe. I can and... come up with a better name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not but religious. I... It's not religious. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's why I asked that, because in your book, that's one of the first things that you talk about. And when you talk about having spiritual capacity yeah. is you say, hey, wait a minute, folks. You know, when you hear that, you may think religion, but so fill in the but that you gave us in the book. Yeah. So spiritual capacity is just what you want most. And I think for a lot of people, I would define it as their core value and or their core purpose. I think figuring out your core values first is often a precursor to your core purpose. Some of us are very clear on our purpose. And often that comes from some clear traumatic uh, experience. But uh, yeah, I, th I just to me, that's the compass for everything else and the North Star that, that comes after. I'm a big believer in alignment and alignment systems and capacity building is kind of one of that. I think you got to know who you are and what you want to then work downward from there. Yes. And so uh, thank you for explaining that. And I remembered that when you said that it, it triggered that because I, when I was reading it, that's what I saw. Yeah. And you have uh, other capacity. Capacity building is a very specific thing that we talk about doing. Can you talk about what you mean when you say capacity building and then share with us the four areas sure. of the framework that you give us in the book? Yeah, so, so capacity building is, is really fundamentally the process by which we get better in its simplest form and in, 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 in pursuit of our own innate potential. And then, so that's, that's our metric and our capacity. And we, we understand capacity in the realm of like physical capacity, which I'll get into. But if I lift this weight every day, uh, 12 times a day, then after 30 days, I can lift more of the weight easier. And I think that applies to all of these realms. I think we tend to sometimes think these other things we have and we don't have them. So spiritual capacity is, is knowing who you are and what you want. Intellectual capacity is a little bit of your operating system. This is how do I learn, plan, execute with discipline and have accountability going after the things that are important to me, you know, as per my values. Uh, physical capacity is your physical wellness, how you manage stress and just sort of, you know, your, the whole condition of yourself to, to, to take you on this journey. And then uh, emotional capacity is really the first three are within you. Emotional capacity is a little different. How, how do you respond to the things that you don't control outside of you? So that's uh, really a little bit. Resilience is a little split. Your sort of mental resilience comes into emotional capacity and your physical resilience uh, you know, comes a, a little bit in, in physical capacity and they, and they play off each other. But if you think of them as like four quadrants of a ball, every high achiever I've ever seen is really 
has is locked in on all of these. They're kind of growing in tandem. The ball's growing. It's getting mass. Then, then if you can imagine, you know, momentum, one of those is really out of whack. I think you get a wobbly ball. <laughs> and um, for a lot of people, you know, it could, it could be physical or a lot. There are a lot of people who actually, I think, are really good at intellectual, physical and emotional capacity. They've never actually taken the time to sort of figure out their values or what they really want. So they're living this achievement playbook that that is other people's definition of success, and it's not fundamentally making them happy. I think that's where you see a lot of midlife crises occur. Interesting. And so those four are the framework that you give for building this capacity so that we can lift others up as a leader. Yeah, and 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 really, it was a it was a playbook for ourselves. So so what happened was when I, I when we were talking about this, I went to write the book Friday Forward, and uh, a couple agents said, "Well, what's the story here?" Uh, they don't like they didn't like compilations because I had all these stories, um, and and I actually went back for a while and I said, "Okay, I started doing this Friday Forward thing. All these people around the world I don't know are writing me notes and telling me they're making changes to their life because of this." I've made a ton of changes in my life. Uh, we've grown our business, you know, 10x, and we've done that by focusing on training people holistically. And I actually realized that it was all the same system. So uh, that that's one of the things. I we 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 always had this thing where we worked on growing our team holistically. I never had the capacity of building vernacular to say, oh, you know, what we're doing right now is training people on spiritual capacity or physical capacity or intellectual capacity. But that's what we were doing. Now we actually use those labels. So I take a group of 20 leaders offsite for advanced leadership training twice a, twice a year uh, and when, when there's not a global pandemic. And, uh, you know, I help them actually, one of the things we spend almost a day on is discovering their personal core values because they are evolving as leaders in the organization. I don't think you can be an authentic leader if you actually don't know what your values are. And I think some are confused. They're like, well, what does this have to do? This isn't about business. This isn't about just me. And like, look, you're, you, we'll get the business benefit of this if you figure this out, but you will get such a bigger benefit holistically in your life out of this once you figure this out because it, it drives everything that you do. Yeah. And you used the illustration about a ball um, moments ago because I was going to ask you, is one of these more important than the other? But when you said that, it made me realize that it sounds like they need to be in concert. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I could give you an example in each one, right? So I gave you the example of spiritual capacity. If that's off, you're kind of running, your ball's rolling really fast, probably down the wrong hill. If your intellectual capacity is not growing, it's really hard to grow anything. I don't think your ball will get a lot of bigger because if you're just not learning and you don't have any discipline or execution, you're not going to get very far. Physical, we all know what that looks like, right? I'm tired. I'm cranky. I lose the big picture. I don't handle my relationships well. I lose my my discipline. I think physical, we see how that is often really an accelerant or or a drag. And then emotional, right? There's people who just, you know, the sort of brilliant uh, person who's, you know, on an island because they, you know, they can't relate to others. They can't deal with the outside world. You know, it, t- it takes being connected to others to sort of accomplish great things. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. So those are just examples, you know, the extremes, but, you know, if you're struggling in, in, in one or more area, how, how it can kind of weigh down your overall performance. That makes a lot of sense, Robert. I'm talking to Robert Glazier. He is a founder, author, speaker, and an expert in elevating performance. 
in both business and life. We'll have more with Robert right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Karen Jacobson, the GPS girl, and you have reached your destination because you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner. All right, everyone, I am back. I'm talking to Robert Glazier. He is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author of the book Elevate. Today we're talking about lifting others up as leaders and about Robert's forthcoming book, Friday Forward. Robert, before we took a break, you were telling us about the framework that leaders can use to build capacity. Uh, You gave us those four elements, but now you said it was originally written to lead themselves as leaders. Can you talk about examples of how they can use these four elements to lead others? Yeah, so it was really a framework for itself, but in terms of um, you know thinking about leadership development, and this is how we uh, break it down. As I mentioned before, you know we help people figure out their values as they're developing a leader. I don't think if you're clear on your values, we have some empirical data on this. We took assessments of some of our kind of up and coming leaders. Um, we then did this uh, offsite and this curriculum, and then they went back to their teams and said here's what I figured out about myself. Here's what's important to me. Here's how I'm going to show up for you. Here's what you can expect about me and otherwise. And and almost universally their, their scores went up over the next couple of months because they, they understood things about themselves. And I think it's very hard. This is helping people increase their self-awareness, which is a critical component of, of leadership. And then, you know, intellectual, anything we're doing to help people learn how to do something better, uh, whether it's learning how to handle difficult conversations, learning how to prioritize, learning how to time management, energy management, all of these things that allow them to do more with less. And, and we also uh, encourage the physical side. So we have, we've helped people, you know, we encourage them to take time off, take rest. We've hired coaches to help people who want to try to run a marathon or a half Ironman or uh, something like that for the, for the first time. And then uh, on emotional capacity, we have an event every year called AP Summit. We always do something that uh, really dives into vulnerability and team building and getting people to lean into relationships, have open conversations, have psychological safety. Last year, we did an event um, with someone named Philip McKernan. You might know he, he runs an initiative called One Last Talk, and four employees volunteered to give sort of the last talk that they would want to give if this was their last day on, on earth to the entire company. And these were very personal speeches, and they just opened up the door to so much sharing and vulnerability and people realizing they had all kinds of things in common that they didn't before. So we do try to follow that playbook across um, all of our development because I, I think it is the key um, building blocks to to someone basically, you know, instead of trying to make them better at their job, increasing their capacity so that they're ready to serve your organization at higher and higher levels. Wonderful. And you know, I can't help but think about how important that is, especially now during a time 
of the global pandemic that we're facing. Can you talk about how you've been able to use this to help people during this time? Yeah, it's funny. We've, we've used almost all of it. So in terms of spiritual capacity, we actually came up with a rubric, our sort of zoomed in value set over the next five months, knowing that we have to make a lot of tough decisions. But these were sort of our rules of engagement from first to last, uh, starting with supporting our core values. So we were able to kind of lock in with everyone and say, this is this is what's most important. And these are the rules that we're going to kind of stick to. And you can hold us to that. Um, on intellectual, we've been focused on, we spun up, you know, new committees, new calls, pivoting where we could, trying to just, you know, drive as much innovation as we could. Um, physical, really encouraging people to take break, take time off, trying to figure out how people could cover for each other. And in the emotional realm, you know, it's been a very, the last couple of months between uh, the pandemic and then the ensuing whole racial events in, in the United States after that, it it's been an emotionally draining time for people. And so um, we've really tried to work on having those discussions, just having really productive discussions, vulnerable discussions around all of these topics, understanding where people are, you know, how we can help them and, 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 under, you know, people understanding that they have each other's backs and, and, and trying to, trying to get through what are a lot of different challenges right now. So, yeah, I think we've, we've really kind of leaned in in all those quadrants. Wonderful. And when you look at being able to get people there, lift people up, you know, you're ultimately trying to help people be successful. But you talk about in your work that there's something different about success and achievement. Yeah. And, and that goes a little bit to the comment earlier around spiritual capacity and not having that sorted out. I think I think a lot of people see success as what someone else had envisioned for them, whether that was their parents or their social environment or their culture or their teachers. And I think it's, you know, maybe that parent envisioned success as being a lawyer at a highfalutin, you know, New York law firm at which they're totally miserable when really deep down in their soul, they want to be in a cabin in Idaho writing books. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, that's what would make them happy. And that would be their biggest contribution to the world. And, and so I, to me, achievement is the attainment of what it is that you want most. I think, you know, that could also be success, but I just, I hear success a lot where someone says like, Oh, Eddie is just so successful. Like you could be absolutely miserable. I don't know that, right? <laughs> I, right. I could be trying to emulate you and you could be miserable. And and so I, I hear success used a lot when people are like, oh yeah, Eddie or Shirley is successful or really. And, and I just always find that interesting because I think it's some external definition of, of success. That's so true. And I, I see that obviously, I'm sure you do in your work as a coach where part of what we're trying to help people to achieve or to stop trying to achieve is other people's expectations. And so I love your uh, explanation on that and uh, what you've been helping people to understand. Yeah, those are those are weighty, <laughs> other oh, people's my. expectations, yeah. <laughs> and when they can just get that off their shoulders and do what they want to do, yeah. they look, become these a completely are, different great, person. Not to say that pandemics are great times for this, but I, I mean, how many people have you and I met who are, you know, in, 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 in that, sort of midlife crisis area, but they're really well paid and it's really comfortable 
and then just say, well, I'll just wait another year, another year. And, and, and they just, but they don't like what they're doing. I think these times actually can help a lot of people by just closing a door that you're unwilling to close and, and, and forcing you to go in another direction. Yeah, that is so important and so true. Earlier, you told us about the four areas about capacity building. Let's get some examples so that we'll crystallize it a little bit more for our listeners. So you talked a lot about intellectual capacity. So why don't we start there? If someone picks up the book and they jump right into intellectual capacity, what would they get? Yeah. So one of the things I think they'll they'll read more about and learn about is sort of goal setting and 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 how goal setting works. What 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 should long-term goals look like? What should short-term goals look like? And how do short-term goals build into long-term goals? And then make sure that those are the things that they actually want. And then also, um, we know that accountability is really important with uh, and routine are really important with goals. So then how, how do you set up the routine and the right accountability to make sure that you move towards those goals? Excellent. As coaches, we always like that. So that'll be the first <laughs> section that I'm recommending to folks. You started us off with spiritual. What will they get there? Any examples? Yeah, I, there, there's some resources there and some questions that they'll get to, to if you haven't figured out your core values, um, some specific questions you can start to think about that will lead you down that path towards uh, being able to better understand and articulate your core values. Yes, and that is so important. And physical capacity. You talked about what happens where, uh, especially during COVID, we've been eating bad, perhaps, and uh, doing some other uh, activities or less activities because we've been uh, shut in. So physical capacity. Yeah, my ice cream consumption is way up uh, the last couple months, for sure. Yeah, I mean, beyond the obvious stuff, I think one of the things I'm about how to embrace competition and and to use that to raise your physical performance and also to build resilience at the same time. Yeah, and I, I, as I look at your book here, this this whole section on Peloton principle, and yeah, you know, well, I can't wait to dig into that a little bit more. And finally, emotional capacity. Yeah, so so one of the um, things in emotional capacity uh, that that I actually recommend for a lot of people is to sort of make a list and, and put some relationships on, on there about um, you know what, who are the relationships that need, uh, frankly, you to walk away from in a little less time because they've run their course or they're or, or they're kind of dragging you down, or who are the people that you want to really double down on and spend more time with so that you start making your network kind of reflect your ambitions and your values. Yes. So important. And something else that you've got in that section that I think is really, really important is the importance of random acts of kindness. What a excellent way of lifting others up as leaders. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard. I think I said in there, you know, it's hard to be thinking about others and then overly focused at yourself at the same time. I think a lot of suffering is a, is a focus on ourselves. So even if you think about, where we are now, right, in the middle of a pandemic, I think there are people that are looking uphill at the stuff, for a better word, that's rolling down onto them and being like, woe is me, or they're looking downhill at people that are in a worse situation than them and thinking, wow, I'm lucky, and how can I help those people? Indeed, indeed. So what would you say is the overarching theme that you want people to leave this conversation knowing? I, I think in in the realm of capacity building, what's what's really neat and what I've seen is that when you commit to this level of improvement 
um, for yourself, you will bring other people on the same journey as you. They will see that they will act on it. Um, and it just, it, it, you know, we have this society today where we just seem to spend a lot of time knocking each other down and <laughs> telling people why they're wrong and what they can't do. And uh, I think we just have a real opportunity to work on lifting each other up and helping them do better and do more and, 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 and have a, a vicarious circle, not a vicious circle. I like that. A vicarious circle, not a vicious circle. That's awesome. Now, this is the Keep Leading Podcast. And on the Keep Leading Podcast, we always like to give leaders a quote or the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received to help leaders keep leading. Yeah. So, so one of my favorite quotes I'll go with and, and quotes are so misattributed. So I don't even know who originally said it, <laughs> but uh, how we do anything is how we do everything. Ooh, I love that one. I use that all the time <laughs> and I attribute it to the person who I heard say it, but you're right. I don't know where she got it from, but I always give her I, I learned, I learned that when I went to write my book and I had all these quotes that I pulled from these quote sites and then they have a quote researcher and it all came back that they were like all wrong. So I, I now don't believe, I, I now don't trust the attribution of, of, of any quote. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I, uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> so how can my listeners uh, learn more about you to follow you, read your books. Tell us something more. Sure. Best place to go is Robert Glazer, G-L-A-Z-E-R.com. That's got links to the podcast, to my books, to Friday Forward. And there's a page where uh, I put a bunch of condensed stuff for people who are listening and some resources we might have talked about today, uh, which is robertglazer.com slash connect. Outstanding. So what we're going to do is put all of this into the show notes to make it easy for people just to click on it so that they can find you, connect with you and get on that newsletter list, start to listen to your Elevate podcast so they can elevate and continue to lift others and themselves up as leaders. Robert, thank you so much for being a guest today on the Keep Leading Podcast. Thanks, Eddie. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.